Go ahead and pick your speed up your number one now, runway 27, clear to land green dot. Welcome to Oshkosh, guys. Hello and welcome to the Green Dot, EAA's podcast for anyone and everyone who loves aviation. My name is Hal Bryan and I'm one of your hosts. I'm EAA's managing editor for print and digital content and publications. And over there at the end of the big long table, it is. Yeah, I'm Chris Henry. I am the museum programs coordinator and um, a cohort and partner in crime, whatever <laughs> adjectives uh, or verbs for some matter you want to use. <laughs> Great. And Chris, we've got, uh, we've got a guest joining us uh, remotely today. Why don't you Tell us uh, who that is. Absolutely. I'm really excited. Uh, as the museum's getting ready for Space Day uh, here in just a couple weeks, uh, we always try to theme uh, some of our programming, have a few speakers. And this speaker actually was here in person with us a few years ago. And uh, we're really excited to, to have her back. Alyssa Carson is here with us. Thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. Well, one of my favorite stories, and it's one of the questions I love to always start with, uh, but, you know, how did you really first get interested in wanting to fly in space and fly in general? Yeah. So when I was young, I pretty much was always interested in space. It was just kind of a drawn connection. I would ask my dad all sorts of questions about space, whether it was, you know, have people been to space? Is space real? You know, I knew nothing of anything. And that kind of first got me interested and no one in my family really had any sort of space or science background. So it was a lot of, you know, me asking my dad to go to the library and get some books and really starting to learn more and more about um, what space meant. And that kind of uh, drew my interest. And then my passion for space just continued to grow and it never went away, uh, still hasn't gone away. Um, but that also brought in, you know, so many other things. As I started to get a little older, I also had an, an interest in aviation and that side of things, um, even if it wasn't something I was looking to necessarily do professionally, it was still um, really interesting and I think develops a lot of really amazing skills. And so got interested in aviation, got my pilot's license when I was 18. Um, and yeah, really have just kind of fell in love with this space bug and anything to do with it. That's excellent, Alyssa. Um, I, I think Chris may have a follow-up question about, about something that really initially instigated that. But before he does that... Um, I, I just want to ask, how does, how does your dad or how does anybody answer the question, is space real? That one really jumped out at me <laughs> when you said that. I can imagine that's such a perfect little kid question, but how do you answer that? Yeah, from uh, the little bit that I remember, pretty much I had thrown up. Pretty much any and every kind of question at my dad. And essentially all he really told me was um, he told me a little bit about like the moon landings, how we had sent people to the moon before and that, you know, one day we could do something else and send people elsewhere. But, you know, he didn't really know too much. Um, so that's kind of the answer he gave was that people had been to space. People had been to the moon and who knows what's to come. And if I was interested, maybe I could be a part of it. You know, that's really cool, though, because that's a big um, that's a big answer to have to give to a kid. I mean, so to make sure you give them the answer that allows them to want to pursue that journey, to, to excite them and keep them, uh, I guess, investigating more about it. That's really cool. Kudos to him for for giving a great answer to that. Um, I understand that you, uh, this is going way back, that you were first uh, kind of excited about space flight because of a cartoon you had seen. Yeah, so pretty much looking back, um, you know, we obviously get the question of a lot of what has 
you know, sparked my interest in space. And I was so young. I definitely don't remember like all the details. Kind of the conversation with my dad is like more prominent in our memories. But the reason why we kind of give credit to uh, um, this cartoon, which was The Backyardigans. Um, so I used to watch The Backyardigans all the time when I was a kid. It's basically this cartoon show where these friends go on imaginary adventures in their backyard. And there was a Mission to Mars episode. Um, and so one of the episodes, they like flew to Mars in a space shuttle, super unrealistic, whatever. Um, but <laughs> they, uh, they had this whole trip to Mars and they talked about the science and whatnot. And I even had the poster for this episode of the Backyardigans. And to this day, it's really the only thing we can think of as to even where I would have heard the word space, heard the word Mars, any of those sorts of things to even start asking questions about it. So honestly, it's just our best guess. That's awesome, though. That's that's fantastic. Have you, by any chance, ever uh, connected with anyone involved with the making of the Backyardigans just to just to let them know that they lit this spark in you? Um, I think we've we might have like had someone at some point mention that they had worked at Nickelodeon, and we had like briefly mentioned it. Um, nothing like super, I guess, deep down the trail, or like no one I think that like worked directly on the cartoon show. But um, it, it definitely is special. You know, you don't necessarily realize how big of an impact maybe you know even morning cartoons have on an have an impact on you know someone's life, but. Um, yeah, really, it really helps to get kids thinking. So it's really cool. That's great. Yeah. And, uh, I, I predict you will find that, uh, that, uh, when you turn into, uh, a wheezing old person like Chris and me, uh, you're going to find that you look back on things like that even more fondly and with even more nostalgia and even more sort of gratitude for, uh, for setting off that uh, that initial interest. Uh, but, uh, Alyssa, we want to get into, uh, you know, some of the, your accomplishments and things so far. And I think to start off with that, um, as a kid, you developed this interest and, and this passion and this curiosity about space and, and about, uh, space travel and going to Mars and things like that. What was the first, um, sort of tangible thing you did toward that goal? Because a lot of kids have an interest and a passion for something, but it can take a while or, or maybe they never actually take a step toward trying to figure out how to make that happen. Yeah, totally. So for me, I knew I liked space. Obviously, space is very, very broad. And so when I was really young, my main objective was really just learning as much about space as I possibly could. And um, that really started with dragging my dad to the library, asking for books, videos, posters, really like anything and everything possible to actually learn more about science and about space. And that's really where it started. You know, it wasn't anything crazy. It was any bare minimum local space information there was in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which was not much. Um, and then when I was seven was the first time I was able to go to space camp in Huntsville, Alabama. And space camp, I was there for just a long weekend. So I did like a parent child with my dad. So we both went. And that was just like all the information about space I had been dying to know as a kid. And 100%, like after going to space camp, I was like sold. Like there was nothing else mattered. That was, that was it for me. As a kid who uh, didn't get to go to space camp, <laughs> you have to tell me, how did it feel that first moment when you walked in and you were there? 
Yeah, Space Camp was really amazing because for me, you know, I had been interested in space for a while before I had gotten to go. And so um, I had tried, you know, learning all these different things about space, but never really, I guess, got to see or experience anything of it. And so, um, you know, me and my dad always say like, Space Camp was like my Disney World and astronauts were like my Mickey Mouse. Um, <laughs> it was just pretty much like this magical place and being able to like hear so many stories and actually be like taught space history. And um, it really just showed that that's truly what I was interested in, you know, and class, something like like in school, you know, history might have been like really boring, but like space history stuck in my mind like so clearly. Um, and so it was just really cool to experience, obviously, see life size rockets um, go through different like simulators experience being an astronaut. And, you know, some of those experiences was really helpful in terms of just me figuring out what area of space and science I actually liked because it was more hands-on. So I was really able to experience, okay, do I like this? Am I interested in rocketry? Do I like engineering? Do I like, you know, science? Do I want to do research? It was that kind of stuff. Wow. Now, uh, this is uh, your answer to this will be something of an understatement, but that was uh, that was not your only visit to space camp. That first one, correct? Definitely not. I was hooked after I went the first time. <laughs> and so, how many uh, how many more camps did you uh, did you go to, or have you gone to? Yeah. So I went to space camp. I'm pretty sure a total of nineteen times. Nineteen. <laughs> Um, uh, over the years, which was like seven to 18, um, I uh, was a, uh, a pretty recurring visitor of space camp. I typically went every summer. Um, and you know, a lot of people will always say like, oh, aren't you doing like the same thing every time? But I uh, loved going back to space camp time and time again, because I was being taught, things by a different person. You know, they would always share a different story or a new fact that I didn't learn before. And as I got older, I was able to try like new and different things um, at the at the facility. And so I felt like I was always learning um, every single time that I went. So I was always drawn to go back. And yeah, I definitely went back a lot. I'm pretty sure in those 19 that counts some of the, the ones, the one that I did in Turkey and Canada as well. So I guess they weren't all in Huntsville. But um, but yeah, they were all just super educational and uh, definitely merged my interest perfectly. And correct me if I'm wrong, you were the, were you the first person to complete like the entire, like all the different space camps, like from all around the world? Yeah. So there's the, so with the official space camp name, um, there's the one in Huntsville, the one in Canada and the one in Izmir, Turkey. And I had been going to the one in Huntsville for a while. And during one of their like alumni festivals, we actually met someone who had worked at the space camp Turkey facility. And she was like, Oh, you guys have to make a visit sometime. Come visit space camp Turkey. Um, and so we eventually planned on doing that trip. And then once someone had mentioned like, Oh, you're going to the one in Turkey. Well, you might as well go to the one in Canada now too. Um, and so we planned those trips. They were, you know, relatively separate. I think they were two completely different summers, but ended up hitting all three. That is really amazing. Now, when I was, uh, I think just a few years younger than you are now, um, uh, back in 1986. So Kate Capshaw and Leah Thompson starred in a movie called Space Camp that was set at one of them. Um, I'm assuming you've seen it. I have. <laughs> and uh, did they get anything right? Because I, I remember, I, I've got fond, some fond memories of it, but I remember it being a bit on the uh, 
cheesy side, to say the least. Yeah, um, I mean, I do think that the movie, it represents space camp a little bit. Obviously, you don't get flown to space. Um, <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> alert. Yeah, my bad. Um, let, me, <laughs> let me put it out there. Um, yeah, I think besides that, you know, obviously there's a little bit of exaggerated, you know, features of space camp for, you know, TV movie magic sort of thing. Um, but I think the idea is there, you know, you are able to go to this camp, really get uh, like immersed in space or space topics while also like building really amazing friendships along the way. You know, there have been multiple people from, you know, not only space camp, but even some of like the other like little camps that I did growing up that, you know, I still keep in contact with. And, you know, I didn't necessarily have that many friends at school that were also interested in space. And so being able to kind of every summer go and escape to this place that had all this amazing information. And I was able to meet kids that had similar interests for me. I do think that the movie kind of highlights that aspect of, of space camp. That's really fantastic. Uh, that's so cool to hear. I, I think that really chimes in with a lot of what we do at our Air Academy here is uh, probably somewhat similar. Um, you know, a lot of kids with aviation interest, they have a place to to kind of come and spend some time in the summer. Um, question I have for you is, is, is there a favorite activity you got to do at one of these uh, space camps? And if there is one that stands out, what is it? Yeah, there was definitely one in particular. So at Space Camp, we would always have like simulated missions. So essentially, I think in a typical like week long camp, you would get to do like two missions. Um, and during those missions, you'd basically get assigned like a role. So you could either be like the commander, or you could maybe be in um, mission control, maybe you were in charge of propulsion, or maybe you were the flight director, or all the different roles that there are in the space industry. Um, so we had one group that would be, for example, you know, this was a little while ago, but, you know, we had one group that would be like in the space shuttle. And then we had one group who would be on the International Space Station and then a third group in mission control. And I always loved the simulated missions because I felt like I got to experience what that job might be like. And I got to see like, oh, okay, I like this. I don't like this. And I was always, I loved the mission specialist positions the most. And that kind of helped me figure out what area of of space I liked because the mission specialists always got to do, in my opinion, the cool part. You know, we got to do like little EVAs. We got to, you know, go fix a satellite or something like that during the mission. We got to do a spacewalk. It seems so cool and so fun. And that kind of led me to, um, you know, want to do aviation, but maybe I didn't want to be a pilot or commander. Maybe I wanted to be more of a scientist um, and also kind of help figure out a little bit of what science I was most interested in. Wow. And what uh, what specific aspect of science is that? Yeah. So currently um, I am at Florida Tech studying astrobiology. Um, and what astrobiology really is, is kind of a mix between all the sciences and how they apply to space. Uh, but more specifically, I've kind of delved down the route of microbiology and how we can do experiments with bacteria here on Earth and also in space to kind of help some of the current issues that we face with long-term space travel. Wow. That's uh, that's remarkable stuff, and that's not that doesn't sound like that's a a light course load <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, so, Alyssa, I'm not sure even how to phrase this. It seems like such a simple question, but uh, what is your your singular goal? You want to finish uh, finish school? You're studying your astrobiology. Then, perfect world. What uh, what happens next? 
Yeah, pretty much perfect world. Um, uh, so I'm a senior at Florida Tech, so I'm definitely coming up on my time as an undergrad. Um, and so, yeah, really looking towards next steps. Um, I'm interested in grad school. So right now I was really looking at grad school options, uh, applications, that sort of thing. So ideally want to go ahead and get my master's next. Um, and then ideally from there, just working in a research lab. So um, like I mentioned, since my area uh, of interest is more of like a microbiology focus, it's likely going to be a lot of lab work uh, and lab research. So that's kind of where I'm leaning towards. And then by having, you know, that work experience, by having my master's, if an astronaut selection process ever rolls around, um, then basically giving a shot, trying it out, I would, of course, apply um, and continue to apply. Um, yeah, I'm really just seeing if anything that I'm doing research-wise can connect to space travel and if there's any way I can do that in space. Um, yeah, so future goal, I mean, astronaut would be amazing. Um, but yeah, really, I'm just looking forward to contributing to the space industry in any and every way that I can. Um, whether that's from here, hopefully in space, um, uh, maybe eventually to a further destination, we shall see how it works out. But, um, but yeah, really just contributing to the space industry. So while you have all of this going on, uh, you actually went out and achieved your private pilot's license as well. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, getting my pilot's license was really, really amazing. I did it when I was in high school. Um, so I think it was like my senior year of high school. Maybe I started when I was a junior, but I got it. I finally got my pilot's license when I was 18. And um, it was all around a lot of fun. Um, honestly, I had an interest in aviation. Um, I just didn't really know like what that meant or how it fit really into the rest of my interests. Actually, the first several times I went flying, I hated it. I like would came home and I was like, dad, I'm just like, I'm not going to do it. Like we just know like this just isn't for me. And then he told me to try it one more time, give it one more lessons. And then I came back and I was like, oh, this was so cool. I was doing this and doing that. Um, all around, I think that flying just like gives you so many different skill sets. Um, you learn so much, you learn so much more than just how to fly the airplane. And so not only in, you know, multitasking, but also confidence as well. You know, me going from, you know, barely being able to control or pull or push anything on the plane to actually feeling in control of the aircraft was really an amazing feeling. And so I thoroughly enjoyed flying and uh, I've done flying, you know, since getting my my license at 18. So potentially we'll do my instrument at some point once I find the time. But it definitely has a pretty big place in my heart. That's great to hear. That, you know, obviously resonates uh, strongly with all of us here. Um, it was interesting to me. So you mentioned you were pretty uncomfortable your first few flights. And then was it uh, when you got comfortable, was it because uh, – you had more control of the airplane just as you were learning a little bit more of how to control it. Is that what made the difference for you? Um, that definitely did have a huge impact. I think the first 
few times it felt like the plane was flying me um and that I was just you know trying to fix and like not actually be in control but I was just basically correcting all the time um and then obviously as I got a little bit better and a little bit more comfortable in general obviously it's a very foreign uh space and so once I got a little bit more comfortable and like that sense of like me then controlling the airplane was like a huge game changer um but also you know just as the lessons progress you know we would work on ground skills or maybe we would learn certain turns you know the more skills that were like added I was like oh wait this is like really cool or you know learning how to do this is really fun um uh no matter what it was but adding more stuff just made it even more exciting what type of airplane uh, were you learning to fly in so I started out in a uh piper but it was very old and had um few broken parts. <laughs> so <laughs> I did not do many flights in that plane. Um, my instructor ended up getting a Cessna 172. So I did the majority of my, uh, of my time in that. Oh, that's awesome. Were you now, was this down in Louisiana you were doing the flying? It was. Yeah. So I got, um, my license in Louisiana, um, at a relatively small airport. So just a local regional airport. Um, I got my license there. It was actually a lot of pressure for my checkout ride. I was so nervous. Um, one, just cause, you know, I really wanted to get my license, but also just because that was right before I was heading to Florida to now go to college. And so essentially if I didn't pass, I was like, I have no idea when I'll be back in Louisiana to do like this checkout ride or, you know, go over things with my instructor or anything like that. So it was like an all or nothing sort of situation. (laughs) So I was absolutely terrified for the checkout ride. But even during the checkout ride, he was like, relax, you're doing good. So (laughs) it worked out really well. Well, something I know I, uh, picked up more of and and uh how chime in if you think uh, you agree too is, is, is that i i don't think i really paid attention to the weather until i started flight training like it was just like oh it's yeah. right you know like like when i started into that in atc school like suddenly the weather was i started watching a weather channel and now i have weather apps and stuff but before that like i mean you really start to learn more science uh even there of just how weather trends are happening and what causes them and things like that. Yeah, certainly I would, uh, I would echo that as well, that that's one of those things that uh, prior to, to flying, or if you're not involved in flying, it's, you know, weather is just a thing that, that happens, but um, unless it's really extreme, uh, it doesn't necessarily change our plans all that much. You know, if, if there's a blizzard, then okay, maybe you're not going to go driving in it, but yeah, uh, um, you know, for the for the most part, we still sort of go about and do a lot of what we would normally do, sort of in spite of the in spite of the weather. And then, as soon as you start thinking about flying, then every every aspect of it becomes so important. But you made a, a comment earlier on, Alyssa, about how one of the things that you liked about flying was the fact that you do study so many different things. You know, certainly we're we're talking weather right now, but there is a that great broad spectrum of things. Uh, to study and to to learn about, um, you know, aside from I, I think sort of the culmination of it, the whole package was there. A, was there a favorite piece uh, that you studied? You know, it's all hard work. There's a lot to learn. But was there one section that you got into and said, "Wow, this is the this is the aspect of it I really really love." 
Yeah, there were definitely um, all sorts of different parts of flying that I really enjoyed. Um, I really enjoyed um, doing different cross-country flights. So I, I really liked the idea of like flying for a while, you know, flying up, getting things set. Um, also, especially since I was doing it in high school, like it felt so cool for me to be like, oh, yeah, I flew to Mississippi today. Like <laughs> <laughs> it felt so cool. Like I just felt so cool doing it. Um, and I think that was something that was really awesome was that, you know, that I had the capability and the skills to even do things like that. So just kind of long-term flying was always really fun. Um, and I found that really enjoyable, just kind of, uh, even, you know, getting things set up and then just kind of relaxing and just like, just seeing everything that's around and experiencing, um, experiencing, you know, my state from, I guess that kind of view, uh, was a lot of fun. Um, I guess like other, you know, particular interests, um, trying to think of like what I really enjoyed some of like the different types of landings I found really fascinating. So like, um, like soft field landings, um, I actually, we never did like a soft field landing, like actually on grass or anything, just because it wasn't available at the airport. But they, the airport that I trained at is just now putting in a grass runway. So I will be going back and oh, actually doing it. So that was another big thing that I found super fascinating and never got to experience. So I'm definitely going back to do it. I can promise you, you're going to get hooked. <laughs> you, you, you do your first grass landing and then you're thinking, wow, all these hard surfaces are just... You know, those are for other people. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was really funny. And it's funny that you say that too, because I had asked my instructor, I was like, oh, like, why are you guys putting in a grass runway? Like, do you guys need it for anything? Like, what's the purpose? And he goes, it's just fun to land on grass. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> I think we like that guy. Uh, yeah, we do. <laughs> That's cool. Well, um, let me ask you do, you, do you have your eyes on what's going on uh, right now with all the different uh, different space programs? Is there one that really has you excited? Yeah, I think space is just a really exciting subject at the moment. It's been really, really cool, especially over the past, you know, couple years, seeing space really gain the popularity it has and um, also the variety within the space industry now. You know, I think it is really cool to start making space slightly more accept like accessible. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, for me, I've always tried to keep a really open mind. Um, obviously, you know, growing up, NASA seems very like prominent, but even, even when I was younger, I was like, okay, I'm doing all these cool different things. I want to build a resume, but I really knew that the space program would evolve into so many different ways. So, even as a kid, I was like, I just want to build a resume and then I can take that resume and I can really apply anywhere the space program worked, would take me. Um, so, yeah, I think like at the moment, especially with all the excitement in space, I think as I start working in the field, I think it's just going to see where like my research and the type of science and space work that I do, how that best like connects with what each different, you know, space company is now doing, which I think is really exciting because it's almost like a bit more tailored towards, you know, different interests. You have companies like Virgin Galactic that are very, you know, stern on staying and doing work in suborbital space. You have, you know, companies like NASA that are working with the Artemis program, working on going to the moon. Um, SpaceX is doing a lot of private citizen, either, you know, orbits or maybe potential spacewalks coming up soon. So I think it's really cool. You know, we have so much variety now to really connect your interests in different ways in space. 
That's terrific. Uh, building on that just a little bit, and uh, you know, I think we're getting a little bit, we're pretty close to the end of the episode here. But um, let's uh, just daydream with us for just a minute, uh, Alyssa, and, and so jump ahead. Just uh, hopefully not too many years in your career, and uh, picture yourself as I suspect you have done more than once uh, in your life so far, uh, landing on the surface of Mars. And, and stepping out and, and perhaps even being uh, being the first to do that and what a momentous occasion that is. So if you picture yourself standing on the surface of the red planet, uh, you look back at the lander, uh, in your mind, what, uh, what logo do you see on the lander? Is that NASA? Is it SpaceX? Is it, uh, is it Blue Origin? Yeah, honestly, the view I've always had of going to Mars, and it's kind of the view that I think I still have is really that, you know, I have hopes that the mission to Mars is going to be more of like a global mission, you know, more of a global initiative. And I think we're already starting to see that, you know, as we have plans of going back to the moon right now with the Artemis program. Yeah, there's the NASA logo, but right below it is the ESA logo. And so I think that we are really starting to see a lot more um, partnership and cooperation within the space industry. And so honestly, my biggest hopes is that it's more of, you know, not one company, not one agency making it to Mars, but this is an achievement for all humans. You know, it is truly earth. The whole planet is making it to Mars. And so that I, that idea I hope continues to get carried on as we, uh, continue, you know, going back to the moon and eventually on to Mars. Here, here. That was uh, that was a wonderful answer. Very well said. Couldn't have said it better ourselves. One of the one of the stories I have to tell that I just told Hal, by the way, Alyssa, is uh, I stopped to get gas at a gas station, oh, that's right. and um, went to uh, go pay, and there was a cardboard cutout of you uh, selling me candy. And uh, I was just like, oh, my God, I've had pizza with her. Like, and my wife thought I was absolutely crazy. She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I know her. <laughs> so it was. it's really cool to see young people. And you are certainly a, a figurehead for that. Um, more and more young people getting into to space flight. Yeah, no, totally. And, you know, that um, – <laughs> that's really funny hearing it that way, a cardboard cutout. But, um, but yeah, you know, doing different – partnerships and things like that, you know, that was working with Kinder Joy and, you know, things like that. I always do, you know, if it feels right and sits right. And in that way, being able to bring out a line of space toys to, you know, kids who love to eat their chocolate, you know, even little things like that, as we talked about at the beginning of the episode, you know, you never really know what it's going to be that sparks that interest in kids. And so even pushing for little, you know, cool space toys in candy or whatever it is, you know, hopefully even just seeing that, you know, a kid gets really excited and maybe wants to learn a little bit more about space, whether they end up pursuing it or not. I love being able to kind of bring space to a very like, to the very like normal world. Space is something that I think we typically feel pretty like disconnected to because it seems so like far away and not accessible, but it's always cool kind of bringing it down to like a kid's level and seeing them get excited about it. Oh, that's terrific. Well, Alyssa, thank you so much uh, for taking some time uh, out of uh, your busy uh, student schedule and your, your candy modeling and everything else uh, everything else that you've got going on. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, and uh, I'm sure everyone out there uh, extends that uh, gratitude as well. Uh, and speaking of, of thanks, uh, a 
quick nod uh, to uh, a couple of recent reviewers on iTunes, uh, D. Corey and uh, somebody with a pretty cool handle, Red74 Stingray, both left us some very, very nice comments, very nice reviews on iTunes, and we really appreciate that. Uh, those reviews uh, and the feedback we get uh, emailed to us at feedback at ea.org, the comments that get left uh, as these episodes go up on our blog at inspired.ea.org, uh, anything that gets shared on social media about these episodes, that's the reason we're able to continue doing them. And uh, we sure appreciate it. And we couldn't do it without you. Uh, so with thanks to everyone uh, for listening and thanks to uh, everyone uh, here on staff working uh, so hard behind the scenes to put these together. Uh, we're grateful to all of you and we look forward to catching up to you next time when you're cleared to land on the green dot. Mm-hmm.